centuries ago, the Malian emperor Mansa Musa sent his best and brightest scholars, explorers, warriors, and artisans across the great western ocean to discover new lands. They were never heard from again. Until now. Join creative director Tanya DePass as Invicta, the Hyanol Blade Keeper, DJ Knight as Ikemba, the Musalian Bio-Priest, Michael Sinclair II as Eli, the Misajai Lightbringer, Christina Ariel as Sila 919, the Monsagene Bio-Priest, and Eugenio Vargas as the Storyteller, as they travel the stars, defend their homes, and treat everyone they meet luxuriously. Welcome to the Motherlands. Good evening, happy Sunday, and happy time zone, everyone. We're back uh, with Into the Motherlands, episode seven. We are officially into the second half of our season. My name is Eugenio. You might know me as DM Jazzy Hands, and I am the storyteller uh, for this wonderful journey through the Motherlands. We're so happy to have you all back with us. Uh, excited to be back. Uh, excited to have all of the crew back and uh, and excited to see that I'll be playing Invicta tonight. Uh, loving loving that. Congrats, DJ. You have apparently been upgraded to uh, storyteller of this game. You ready? Yes. Fantastic. I can't wait. Uh <laughs> Here's my birthday so impression. Welcome to the game. Oh, yes. Have loving that. A oh, great wormhole. Time. Oh, there oh, we I go. see what happened. I see what happened. We got scrambled in the wormhole on the way in. I understand. I get it. Well, that happens sometimes. You know, that stuff can Wormholes. be unpredictable. Anyway, we should introduce our cast instead of me riffing on a very minor moment. Uh, so let's go <laughs> ahead and go around and uh, see who our players are, who they're playing this week, where you can find them on the interwebs. Let's start uh, with our host this evening and the creative director of Into the Motherlands, Tanya. Hello. I hopefully you can hear me and I didn't and I didn't forget to unmute myself. I didn't. Yay. Um, and we're all starlight now. Um, I am playing Invicta. She, her, your high and all blade keeper who uh, is slowly learning how to people and at least realize that not everybody is out to get her. We'll see what happens after she got a, her bloodlust on last week and also gave away the cheese, which really seemed to bother Silent 919 on Twitter. I did see that. Defense, the cheese was delicious. Well, that's good at least. At least it was appreciated. Continuing, <laughs> y'all, we just started. Continuing around the circle, we will head over to Miss Christina. Hello, my name is Christina Ariel, and I'm playing Captain Silent 919. She is a Monsagani bio priest basically a super cool android that people wish they could be cool like too but she doesn't know she's cool she just is effortless effortlessly cool in her own mind and she's a new person and you can find me on the internet at christina ariel k-r-y-s-t-i-n-a-a-r-i-e-l-l-e -L -L -E. and this is going to be fun and exciting and last week i slapped somebody in the face of my braids <laughs> Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Ah, I loved it. Let's see who you hit this week with them braids. Going down, continuing around clockwise, Michael. Yeah, hello, folks. Um, my name is Michael Sinclair II. I go by Michael Crits Everywhere. My pronouns are he, him, and I play Eli. Uh, their pronouns are they, them, and they are Misajai, um, and they are a very 
high strung but calm appearing person um <clears throat> so yeah uh very excited for today's session i i uh, I like got to pilot the ships so that was really fun and and we got to see them get flustered so that was really awesome um yeah. and i want to see how we we bounce back so i'm excited for today's session yeah, same, same. It was we sort of had an idea that Eli was perhaps a bit more high strung than they let on in their flashback, but now we got to really see them get rattled last week. I'm excited. All right, last but most certainly not least, DJ. Oh hi, I'm DJ Knight, Space Time Five Variety Broadcaster here on Twitch. But I am Akimba, the Musalian Bio Priest, who ate way too much cheese last week. Uh he likes to make things that are biological do other things that are biological it's awesome you should see it sometime thanks <laughs> was that the best intro of the season maybe well so we got five episodes left we'll just yeah. have to see uh once again everybody i'm Eugenio. uh you can find me on twitch and twitter at, at dm jazzy hands uh, and i'm very uh you see him pronouns and i'm excited uh to get this story off the road but before we do we got folks to thank uh so we definitely want to give a huge shout out and thank you to diehard dice uh for supporting our endeavors here in the motherlands the musalian dice are available now for you to purchase at dieharddice.com. You can get a set of these gorgeous dice uh, for your very own. We've had lots of people order and receive them uh, and they all look beautiful. Thank you all for all of you who have already gotten them for posting on the interwebs and tagging us and showing us. It's all very exciting. So go check out the Musalian Skies dice and everything else Die Hard Dice has to offer at dieharddice.com. Next up, we wanna thank Blue Microphones. Uh, they have supplied the whole cast with microphone upgrades as needed and are making sure that we sound as excellent as possible for all of you. You can check out everything that they have to offer at their website, bluemike.com, or, and, or, you should do that also. But, and, tonight's giveaway at the end of the show is going to be another Yeti X microphone from Blue Microphones. So be sure and pay attention to the mods in the chat. They'll tell you how and when to enter. Remember, you do need to be present at the end of the stream when we draw the winner. If you aren't here and don't claim it in chat, and make sure you have your whispers open on Twitch as well. Uh, if you aren't here for that, we we will have to pick another name and what a sad thing you will miss out on. Very exciting. Anyway, thanks Blue Microphones for making sure that we all sound good. Third up, we want to, where's my book? I've lost it. Well, anyway, third up, we want to thank the folks over at Cortex by Fandom. Our system is primed by Cortex. We've had a great time and now the books are out in the wild. So get your hands on one. Uh, you can check out everything that they have to offer, not just the way we are playing Cortex, but all of the other mods in the Cortex system, because that is the beauty of Cortex is you can make it work for whatever kind of story you want to tell. So go get that handbook. And finally, we want to have have a, a huge thank you, of course, for Twitch for being such a major supporter of Into the Motherlands and making it possible for us to, to be here and for all of you to be here. We super appreciate, uh, we super appreciate their support. All right. I think that covers our thank yous for the week, which brings us to my second favorite part of, of every week. Uh, the first being when the first one of you to get really nervous at having to roll dice. Uh, but my second favorite thing of the week is the recaps. Who wants to start and tell us what happened last week? Y'all. I feel like I'm okay. exempt from the recap. To be yes, fair. that's fair. That's fair. If we got an if we got an Akemba recap, it would be uh, specific and largely stuff that none of us knew. We prepared for battle. Things were about to happen. And, and then, then I went into a cheese coma. 
Bill Great. Street came All right. to check on me and I said, I believe we've got this. <laughs> and together you saw it through. Uh, <laughs> who wants to fill Ikemba and our audience in on what happened? Yeah, Christina, go ahead. I will. Silo 919, Captain Silo 919, and Invicta had to go on a spacewalk and Ally was commanding the ship. And then Akimba, of course, was in a cheese coma from cheese that was not his in, front, in vibe in the first place. So there's that. And they went on the walk and they had on cool outfits. And Invicta had on a really cool spacesuit. And yeah. Sila had on a nice jean jacket or leather jacket. <laughs> just walking across the thing. And they went in and they fought some people like pew, pew, pew. And they threw the bodies out into space and the suction. And then they went and there were some people walking down the hall. And Sila went psh, psh, with her braids from up in the vent because they had to claw through the vent to get over and see the people who had taken over the ship. And then they had to take out the people and they turned the lights out and it was like, yeah. Ila. Yeah, that's impressive. pretty accurate. Sure. Pretty accurate. Uh, Ila, what was going on with you over in the pilot seat while uh, the pew pew and the was happening on the other ship? <laughs> yes, uh, Ila was trying to um, do negotiations with what seemed to be the leader of the bandits at the, at, at the time being. Um, and they were trying to essentially buy time or maybe fluster the the bandits, uh, but it ended up backfiring. I lie, uh, for one of the first times, uh, seems to lose lose their cool. Um, they were trying to, you know, save as much face as they could because they knew that uh, both Sila 919 and Invicta were on the other ship. Um, and obviously, uh, we call this akimbo was in a cheese coma so like that was we knew we knew they appeared at towards the end of it um so they must have got done what they were doing um also just to clar clarify it is also kind of cheating if i always do the recap because i do take the notes so it's that's true. why i never really volunteer i know no, exactly I know. what happens so. i know exactly why you keep quiet when i ask for the for the recaps I Don't throw it back worry. to you for detailed details. That's right. Ah, <laughs> That's right. Okay, there it we is. get the we get the sort of the the pathos of the mm. episode from Christina, and then we get the hard the hard facts from Michael. I'll take that. Sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I also love how we keep referencing Ikemba's cheese coma, but then clearly all know that he was he was busy during his cheese coma because we all keep saying, well, he got done with whatever he needed to do and he finished <laughs> up his, like, we all know what happened. IRL hopped in and was like, hey man, you know you're busy, but like IRL though, like- yeah, But like got, IRL- You got real life stuff to deal with. And I felt like <laughs> right I heard now. Martin Lawrence in my ear, like you got <laughs> real world to deal with Mike. And it was like, okay, I guess I'm Mike okay. Lowry right now. I got real world to deal with. I mean, I, I, I can't do it. anything about it. I know it. And you My took life. care of business, and that is all right. And we are happy to have you back this week. And we're Appreciate we're glad you. you're here and that you slid in right as we were ramping up. And we're like, Akemba's awake. <laughs> That's right. Actually, no, we right, didn't. Yeah, the cheese was delicious. <laughs> I, like, was aware of Akemba being awake. The two of you all are over there beheading pirate captains and folding up the floor of... of ship bridges so badass ladies man we did what we had to do yo you did you did and let's actually let's start there because well you've you've done part of what you had to do but now you're left with well several bodies uh a couple of terrified uh surrendered pirates uh and a lot of also terrified uh but but 
they're beginning to come down off that terrified uh, ship's crew from the uh, from the Sundiata, from the uh, Musalian Trade Federation ship Sundiata, which is the, in fact, ship that you all saved. Uh, so we're over there with Ikemba and Sila, and let's let's hop in there, and then we'll we'll come back to the Wistful Wish and check on the rest of our crew in a moment. But you all have just taken out the pirates. Uh, you have sent uh, uh, Captain Sila nine one nine. You sent a good chunk of the hostages uh, running for the other side, uh, or maybe even to to leave the bridge while you and Invicta took care of business and business it seems has been taken care of. So what are you two doing? Um, Invicta's standing there, you know, like in Dragon Age when you're covered or specifically Dragon Age 2 when you're like two. covered in blood. Yes. And you're fine, like you're okay, but you're just like splattered all in blood and you're just chilling. Uh -huh. And she's just like, wiping off her blade looking around mm -hmm. like anybody else want to say something i got you uh the i think it's two remaining pirates that are alive on the bridge and <laughs> intact uh sort of see you questioningly look in their direction and they both just shake their heads i mean they they weren't the ones that saw me pin the other one to the floor like a bug, right? No, no. They just watched you. Uh, they watched you. I'm pretty sure you decapitated their captain, right? Oh, or yeah. the, the the first mate that was pretending to be captain that was sitting in the captain chair. Well, didn't... Uh, well, Sila, you took care of the captain, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to tell us what said, you did to that captain? I said, I'm the captain now. And then, but Al. And then, the but Al. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So these two conscious pirates are are definitely uh, uh, lower on the crew hierarchy and are very happy to uh, obey the, their new captain and first officer or something. Uh, Silo, what are you up to now that the uh, the immediate threat seems to have passed? I am walking up to Invicta and asking her. That was some battle you've done quite well better than well you were fantastic pat pat two times on the shoulder and i just look at her and i'm like what did i tell you about touching me boundaries boundaries been my pat pat my apologies i will not overstep your boundaries in the future I mean, there also, I'm, I'm covered in blood. Why would you touch someone covered in blood? It's a quick fix. There is a bridge full of terrified people watching this exchange in complete <laughs> silence. <laughs> that is amazing. Just throwing it out there. There are at least a dozen people in this room with you all, many of them covered in blood, some of it their own, perhaps just staring watching this this look very healthy conversation about personal space and boundaries it's just surprising in its timing perhaps to them uh, <laughs> uh can i use notice to see this like to like be aware of it i i think i think in i think at this exact moment after you've said it's a quick fix i think uh i don't think you have to roll i think the fact that you have such a high rating and notice you just sort of suddenly once again become aware of the room you are all very welcome for saving your lives it has been a pleasure to 
make sure that you see another day. You're very welcome. Do you have plans? One of the remaining pirates sort of very tentatively raises his hand and says, um, does that include us? Were you not trying to capture all of these people? Yes, but you said you're welcome for saving your lives. I thought maybe we would get to keep ours too. Mm, maybe. And I you just give them that. Well. <laughs> you give him the what, Invicta? Because he is looking right at you after you start speaking. You know that toothy predator grin? <laughs> yes, he uh, shrinks back a bit. And and Sila, uh, what did say? What you said again? We will accept your gratitude as well. And he. Uh, Backing up, looks uh, relieved about that, about what Captain Silent919 just told him. Doesn't want to get too close to Invicta because uh, the, the feral predator grin on top of the persistent gore DA2 effect uh, is really quite the look, uh, quite the intimidating look. Uh, so he just nods content that, that it seems that they're not going to be killed immediately. Uh, and one of the uh, Sundiatis crew <coughs> wearing excuse me, wearing the, uh, the uniform of the Sindiata with the, with the uh, logo of the uh, Musalian Trade Federation, uh, sort of stands up at your question about, do you have plans, Captain Sila 919, that you just asked, and says, um, well, uh, half of our crew is, um, is currently being ransomed by the rest of uh, their um, um, friends, I guess. Uh, so we should probably get to our destination, uh, deliver the cargo and alert the Trade Federation that they will be receiving uh, likely a ransom communique uh, shortly. Hmm. Who among you is good at Disposal. Um, <laughs> a tiny, absolutely tiny uh, uh, Musalian uh, woman steps forward and she, uh, she just sort of like gives you a little salute uh, and walks over to one of the, one of the bodies and just starts dragging it out of the bridge. Like it's just nothing. All right. Uh, the the person who had originally started talking uh, says, um, oh, uh, yes, she will take care of it. Uh, our our first engineer, uh, quite the quite the uh, constitution on her. Good to know. And I look over at Silent 919. Should we hail the ship? Well, are we going to leave the ransomers with the ransomees? What oh, if no. We leave and they try to ransom them again. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen now, is it? And I just stare at them like, you could try it if you want to. It's not going to end up well for you, but you could try. 
They're just shaking their heads vigorously. One of them has to like stop because he does it a bit too hard. Besides, I wasn't planning on leaving the ship. I just wanted to check in with Ilar. So we should not throw them out into space. They vigorously shake their head, even more vigorously shake their heads. It seems the most humane affix to ensure that they do not ransom these people again. The person who spoke up and said that they needed to uh, rendezvous at their destination sort of says, we, we do have, we do in fact have a, a brig on board. Uh, it's very small, but there really are only, uh, only two of them that we'd need, uh, that we'd need to, she keeps eyeing uh, the, the dead ones, that we'd need to put in there uh, and we can turn them over to the Trade Federation and they can deal with them. Maybe, you know, sort of a hostage trade sort of, I don't think there's any reason to space them though. Why not? Uh, well, um, it, it isn't uh, done. We will do what is commonly done. Take them to the brig and they should be grateful that mercy rules this day. Uh, they're mm -hmm. both nodding. Uh, this woman sort of gestures to a couple of other uh, of the of the uh, Sundiatis crew members and uh, instructs them to take them to the brig, to the brig, not the bridge. You're on the bridge, also not where you want prisoners. Uh, and they they both sort of nod and salute and agree, and then sort of get tripped up on what to call this woman. One of them says captain, the other one says first officer, and they both sort of look at each other and then look to this woman confused. And uh, she sort of sighs and says, um, I suppose acting captain will do until we arrive. Hmm. All right. I just uh, start cleaning off my blade on the clothes of a body that hasn't been taken yet. The, the engineer comes back in and she like goes to grab that body and she like sees you wiping and she's like, I'll come back and goes for another one, drags that one out. <laughs> um, this acting captain turns to the two of you and says, I, I suppose I haven't properly thanked the two of you yet um, or, or, or really asked who you are and, and how you found us and why you're here, but uh, thank you. Uh, from from the my whole crew you're welcome you're welcome she she nods and says um i i'm first up uh acting captain kiani uh might i have the names of our rescuers i am captain silent 919 of the wistful wish invicta Truly a, a pleasure to to uh, meet you both, though in less than ideal circumstances. Um, is there anything that we can offer you or your ship or the rest of your crew before we we part ways? We <laughs> I don't really know that there's anything we can offer you that is uh, of equal value as the lives of all of us that you've saved, but we can certainly try. I, I defer to Sila on this one. I mean... 
I got to wet my blade and the other two are in the brig, so. Do you have any plates that are of a normal size? She, she looks confused and says, um, yes. I mean, by normal, you just mean like p plate size? By normal, I mean not the size of a small boulder. Oh, uh, yes, we have sub boulder sized flatware that we could al almost certainly spare some of since our crew's been reduced so drastically at this point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And she uh, tells another crew member to go to the galley and collect some some flatware, normal size. She emphasizes normal sized flatware for- Utensils as well, please. And uten normal sized utensils as well for for the captain and Invicta. Um, actually, if you could spare a setting for six. We're we're on a Hothrae-sized ship. It makes for very interesting times when we do basically anything. Oh, have you have you come from Hothray? No. We are on our way. Oh, uh, I I well, I wish you good fortune. I it has uh we take this route near Hathoray constantly, and uh, the glimpses that I've that I've gotten are are stunning. It is a place I should like to visit. Uh, some I, I'm I am babbling. You just saved my life. I'm very sorry. Uh, go get. Why have you not left yet? Please go get them. The table settings for six. Go go go. And the crew member runs off, and she sort of uh, looks deeply uncomfortable in her new authority as captain, but is trying her best. From one captain to another captain, I must say that trying to bond with your crew is a great step forward to making your job that much easier and having companionship as well. Like my companion, Poport, you should have a right hand as well. You are right i used to be the right hand uh and i guess now i have to uh find mine good advice thank you captain hmm. you're welcome the rest of the crew has started to uh has started to sort of get up a few of them that have obvious positions here in the bridge are starting to go back to their stations and sort of you know check systems and all of that sort of things and <clears throat> the crew has sort of started breaking up uh you hear a couple of them chatting amongst each other talking about you know which crew members are not here anymore and what they're going to have to cover eventually uh the crew members that were sent off to gather your cutlery uh return with uh with six normal sized place settings uh and uh and you know thank you as they I, I just i don't know now after describing the engineer i'm just imagining this whole crew is kind of small and so it's like a strange like percent anyway it doesn't matter uh let's go back to the wistful wish and have a chat to see how Ikemba is doing and uh, what Eli and Bertrand are up to. So Eli, what was the last communique that you got from the Sundiata? Um, last one was from the bandit and then they started 
sounded like shooting up the place, but the last time I communicated with my fellow crew members was uh, suggesting how they can um, essentially infiltrate the, the bridge and giving them advice on how to do that. So that was the right. Mm -hmm. Oh, so do you know what happened in there? No clue. I imagine that they're taking care of it and they're really good at what they do. So they're just hoping, uh, I'm just hoping that everything's fine over there. Cool. So you definitely see, you know, on like your, your thermal bio scan, you definitely see like several of those heat signatures are, are beginning to cool well beyond what healthy live person temperatures should be. Uh, which, you know, you can assume that that is what it is. Uh, and I, I would see Invicta, I would at least see Invicta, uh, her um, her heat signature and probably a lot lot more hot, running hot because they just got done like whooping a whole bunch of people's butts. So. Oh, for sure, for okay. sure. Even, even Sila's uh, usually somewhat understated uh, signature is, is, you know, a little amped at the moment ever so slightly as the as the cooling liquids flow through her her circuits and such i'm just talking uh ikemba feeling better bud ikemba is feeling <clears throat> much better less Good. cheese to deal with uh, i mean obviously <laughs> still a lot of cheese left but a lot of cheese he ate a lot of cheese so <laughs> he's kind of just like walking throughout the ship just looking to see where it's like where is everyone just confused yeah, uh, wanders his way eventually onto the bridge, and the only people there are uh, Bertrand and Eli. Uh, yeah, Invicta and Captain Silent 919, nowhere to be seen. Um, Bertrand, Eli, um, I believe we, I do remember there being a ship and there being a bit of an issue with warnings. And klaxons blazing, etc. Um, we have the crew other than us. Anyone? You're, you're asking, okay. Hey, I thought you were asking Bertrand. I thought you were asking Bertrand. That's what, That's I said I both thought. names, and I was like, all right, oh, you did. You I did. didn't hear my name. You did, and I didn't register Bertrand. I just heard Eli, and Eli just heard Bertrand. It's a good time. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, oh, Kemba's sitting there just confused, like, is anyone going to? <laughs> Well, they're both fun? so well. Anyway, I don't want to speak for Eli, but yeah, Bertrand yeah, yeah. is so deeply tense, waiting to hear back from the other crew on the other ship that he just can't speak. So there you go. Ah, I, I see that um, you're on the other side of it. Um, are you? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, looks like you're not all the way better. It seems like you still have the cheese sweats. So don't <laughs> don't don't strain yourself too much. Man. The question is, does one ever get rid of the cheese sweats? Um, I have as much cheese as I have. There's always cheese sweat. It may take some time. Um, Flavorful time. Yes. Uh, I guess we should check in with Sila919 and Invicta. Um, I'll, I'll hail them. Uh, Captain Sila919 and Invicta, uh, how goes things aboard the other ship? We have given command over you to muted. one of. No, no, not you, Christina. Tanya was muted. Sorry. <laughs> Go on, Captain Silent 919. This Captain Silent 919. 
Yes. <laughs> you wanted to communicate. Yes. Is everything okay over there? I was just seeking to know what the status is over there. If everyone is okay, the, the status of the crew, if the um, people who seem to be aggressive are dispatched. Yes, our mission was successful. We are now getting payment in the form of a surprise. Ah, those can be fun. Yes. Ah. It is a treat for the crew to be sure, and we will make our way back. We have put the captors, the capturers, <laughs> into the brig, and we have moved on to a surprise. We will be back shortly. I see. Um, I am just as an update. Uh, seems like a campus on the other side of what was ailing them earlier. Um, I actually might send them or send him to uh, the receiving area to await your return. Can you please inform Akimba that this is what happens when you eat beef that does not belong to you, that is not a gift for you, that was a gift for Invicta, these are the consequences of the choices that you have made by imbibing cheese that was not yours. Uh, as quotes. the camera just like leans into the mic and says, the cheese was given to me, therefore it is mine. It uh, was quite flavorful and delicious. I appreciate your concern though. I'm much better. The sweats are minimal in comparison to what they were before. I'm my sweating far less. Yes, that's fair, but my taste buds are quite maximum. So. It works. It's a balance, you see. Well, considering how you fell, the cheese stands alone. Oh. It's alone in my quarters temporarily. <laughs> go and eat more of it soon. <laughs> uh, I see what you've done there. Well played. Yes. We'll continue this later. We will Indeed. see you after your spacewalk. We shall see you shortly. So Akimba walks away from this, starts to like <laughs> look for his gear. Oh my god. Now excitedly yeah. just like, okay, this is this is fun. So he's looking yeah. for his gear to like kind of slide his way over for the rest of the team. So you see uh, as you once you've gotten all geared up, uh, you can see at the airlock, you see the uh, the system that Eli has rigged up uh, for like a quick emergency return to the ship for I for um Invicta and Captain Silent 919, should anything have gone wrong on their way over. Uh, so basically, you know, what, what you can do here is <laughs> they could use that and get back on their own. It wouldn't be the most pleasant journey between ships. Uh, so so you are sort of there to, uh, to make sure they, you know, make it across into the ship. Don't go flying off. Uh, you've got the suit on in case, you, you know, something goes wrong and you need to to really head out there. Um, or did you want to go over to the other ship to meet them? I was planning on going over to the other ship. Oh, great. That's fine too. Yeah, absolutely. You can get over there. Um, yes. While, while this is all, while the great cheese war is happening, Invicta <laughs> <laughs> uh, was listening. And then once the communication is cut, she goes over to Sila. Sila, I didn't give the cheese away because I don't like you. It would have made me sick to eat it. 
I'm a feline. I can't digest dairy. I appreciate the gift, but I would have been very sick. Ikemba enjoyed it too much. Well, but would you rather I be in sick bay throwing up or worse because of something I ate to spare your feelings? That's two. Your claws remain unlacquered and you gave away the cheese, but I don't care. These are things that happen. These are, these are parts of life and I'm not upset. I don't never have to be upset. You are upset. And I just explained why I gave Akemba the cheese and I didn't have time to paint my nails. I, we can, we can hang out and you can paint my nails when we're back on the ship. Oh, you know, we're going to play that scene out. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually hate you, but I kind of hate know. you right now. <laughs> well, if you'll excuse me, I have a small oil leak and I must make sure that all of our affairs are in order before we return back to the wistful wish i will goodbye and she's gonna walk off to go and like try to organize things while like wiping a little like oil oh. smudge from her corner of her eye because oh. she feels super it. bad that like she showed any kind of weakness oh Sila. she's getting there She's getting there. I love it. Um, so aboard the uh, aboard the Sundiata, uh, the crew is you know getting back to their stations, taking back control of the ship. They have uh, the two of you are aware, <clears throat> uh, Silent Nine One Nine and Invicta, that uh, they have the they have their previous captain, the body of their previous captain, and they're discussing sort of, you know, for 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 her and for the rest of the crew that uh, that didn't make it. Uh, there aren't a ton of them on board. Most of the crew that isn't there, that isn't there to help them, to help them fly uh, was taken hostage, but a few of them did die in a brief battle with the pirates, uh, so they're sort of discussing funeral entrance. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Uh, and so as they're discussing that, uh, and you all are just making sure that everything is is uh, ready for you all to part ways, Ikemba uh, arrives at the ship. Ikemba, it's, it's a big ship. Uh, it's not sized large like the Wistful Wish, but it's a very large Trade Federation cargo ship. Uh, and so when you step on board, you're able to get in uh, through the airlock with no problem. When you get inside, though, it's it's eerily quiet, just because. Uh, well, you don't know this yet, but almost two thirds of the crew has been has been taken hostage. So you know you're passing through. Eli can give you directions to the bridge where your companions are, but you're passing through these corridors on this ship and just don't pass. I mean, maybe pass one other crew member on your way to the bridge, uh, and it's just it's quiet. You know. Just like he's a little off foot, but not ridiculous. He's ridiculously so. He's been on large trips before, so it's not too surprising, but it's sure concerning a little bit. So he's like, as he makes his way toward where he believes the bridge is, he's getting a bit more concerned as he continues to walk. Yeah. 
definitely. Uh, and arrive at the bridge, you eventually do, uh, and see, you know, the crew, the officers of the crew, the remaining officers hard at work, getting the ship ready. And uh, Silo 919 is there uh, doing something. Silo, what you up to? When you, as you're trying to uh, avoid further conversation with uh, with Invicta for the moment. I've gone back over to the acting captain. Great, so Sila 919 is is interfacing with uh, with a woman, a female, you know, a female crew member, female Mosalian crew member who uh, very quickly it becomes obvious that she is the captain of this ship, acting or otherwise, she is the captain. Invicta, what does Akemba find you up to when he arrives in the uh, on the bridge? <laughs> um, Akemba finds me like one of the one of the slain bodies that has not yet been cleared away. I've actually like ripped a piece of cloth off yes. of, of the uniform and I go over to Invicta and clear my throat and offer it to her for your little leak. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so Akemba, you definitely walk in during that exchange. Kind of glances between the two of them and just nods a little bit. So I see I've missed much. Well, I mean, there was decapitation. (laughs) There was decapitation and what else? Captain Silent 919, I believe you said something. I missed it. Oh, nothing. Just commenting on your lack of being here as a member of this team, but not everyone can not have to deal with such deficiencies. This is fair. Not all of us are in the gain and have the ability to breathe in space. So all is well. At least in my opinion. Hmm. I'm feeling much better, by the way. I am happy for you. And I appreciate this. So I believe there was word of decapitation. What else have I missed? Uh, and those two, I think, can catch you up on what you missed. I would like to flash over to the Wistful Wish briefly, where Bartrand is sitting with Eli and just turns to them and says, do you think they're coming back? Actually, it could be a toss-up. Um, I'd like to been, think so. It's it's been so long, and and they said that that they were done, and and they're and then a Campbell. I just have a concern. Oh, I see. Uh, Bertrand, um, at least you have me, and also, um, you know, sometimes you have to let people do what they need to do. Um, and see if they come back, and that's okay. Uh, I, I'm sure they'll come back, and if they don't, well, then we can still get this water to where it needs to go. Uh, well, that's all true. I, I would hate to leave them behind, but, but yes, you're, you're right. That's that's all true. I'm, and I'm sure they'll they'll come back. Why why wouldn't they? Have you been left before, Bertrand? No, I, uh, well, no, I, I had a, I had a, a pet once. I wasn't, 
wasn't really a, a pet. It was a an, an injured Velocidune, and I nursed back to health. And it's funny, my my, my friends said almost exactly what you just said that uh, if I must let it go if it is to go, and and all of that. Yes, a lot of the times, if people come back, they come back for the better, and so do you. So, um, but it's okay to miss them. Um, I certainly, um, well, I'd like them to be back for this mission. Um, so do you want, uh, should we communicate with them again? Would that make you feel better? Um, perhaps I, uh, I should also say that I, I am, I want, I have grown fond of, of the four of you and, and want everyone to complete the mission together. Also, Torch will be very upset if we return with only a quarter of the agents that they sent to begin the mission with on a uh, delivery and reconnaissance mission. I don't think they were planning on losing any of you. <gasps> no, no worries, no worries. Um, I think we'll have them all back. You, you miss everyone though, including Sila 919? Uh, as Bartrand pause, I don't think Bartrand pauses. He just says, uh, yes, of oh, course. Okay. Sure. How we, our captain, must be here to see us safely to my home world. All right. Well, I'm, I am going to be quite happy when they return as well. All right. Um, and then I guess since uh, Burton seems to miss them, uh, I will. Um, crew members of the Listful Wish uh, just need a check in again. Is everything okay over there? It seems to be that um, you've been there for quite a while. Well, freeing people from their captives isn't a quick task, I lie. Sorry that I disturbed. I was just, um, well, not me so much. Bertrand seemed to miss you, so I decided to um, miss all of you. So I decided to um, hail you once again for his comfort. We shall return shortly. Now. God, the whole crew is waiting anxiously to see what now is about to happen. Carry on. We shall go. Uh, the uh, acting captain, acting captain Kiani of the Sundiata. <clears throat> Once again, thanks you all. Uh, Introduce yourself briefly to, uh, to Ikemba, a little confused about who he is, uh, but happy to see another friendly face that isn't a pirate. Uh, and she assures you all that, you know, the crew seem to have gotten their workstations sorted out. Uh, they probably will uh, hold a, a brief, uh, you know, sort of functional uh, service of remembrance for the captain, uh, the former captain and the other couple of crew members. Uh, and then they will depart for that Salansi planet <clears throat> in the system over uh, where they are meant to be delivering their cargo. Um, and from there will, you know, the Trade Federation will hopefully deal with the hostage situation, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, did those did those crew members ever come back with like the place settings? By the way, oh oh yes, oh yeah, they did. Uh, they brought them, and they they really didn't sort of have any sense of what this request was for. So they have they have six of like everything. There are like four different sizes of forks and there are six of each size. There are like clearly like this, this cargo ship was either transporting fancy dinnerware or like they went into the officer's mess and like started raiding the officer's uh, plates. And cause there are like chargers and like salad plates and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so it's, it's quite the haul that they've brought you. Hopefully like in a, a crate. Cruise. It's, <laughs> it's really exactly. <laughs> The pirates nice. were, they really thought they were, you know, spices and whatever, but really they just, uh, they hijacked a, a space cruise ship. Um, yeah, so they have all of that for you. They've returned that to you all. Uh, is there anything else that you all want to take care of on the Sundiata or with the crew of the Sundiata before you head back to the Wistful Wish? No, not for Invicta's sake. She's just, she's just kind of like staring at her blades, like these. I need a whetstone when we get back. Yeah, yeah. I do have one question. Yeah. Why do you suppose that you were targeted specifically? Did they say anything? The pirates as they overtook your ship that might give you cause to think they might come back or continue? Do you think this was random? Um, well, it's it's hard to say. I um, The captain believed when they first came aboard that they likely were uh, members of the Cathartes, the, Cathart the Cathartes, the Cath I've never really known how to properly say anyway they uh we're we're transporting some some uh fairly standard but but uh somewhat complex and uh and expensive uh technological implements uh and and gear and often that's uh what the cathartes uh target when they come a raiding Do you by chance have something that we could carry this cutlery and flatware? Do you have something we could oh like a, a space bin? Yeah. Like Tupper, space Tupperware. Space Tupperware. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. Uh, in fact, the uh, the crew members who went to go get the the flatware uh, brought their their space Tupperware, but forgot to uh, in their in their confusion and somewhat nerves and just sort of overwhelmed state, uh, they forgot to give it to you. But they they hand you all of these uh, you know vacuum sealed sort of containers that you're able to put them in, and uh, you can they have a little button on the side of them that takes the air out of the container so that when you go on a spacewalk with it, it doesn't explode. Um, and so they sort of seal all that up for you and, and, uh, hand that to you, hand that back to you, I should say. So I'm going to zip all of it up into my jacket and just press it down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Thank love you that. for your hospitality. And, and... It is the least that you could do. <laughs> <laughs> she just sort of lets out a like exhausted, I don't know what else to do laugh and says, um, that it is thank you for your 
life-saving work. May I tap your shoulder? Oh, why? As a sign of affirmation and congratulations for making it through a tough situation. Uh, sure, certainly, absolutely you may. Th thank you for asking. I've changed my mind, tap my hand. With your whole hand. Oh. Well done. We shall forever share this memory of this moment. Carry on. Uh, and as you walk away, you hear her go, what a strange custom. I kind of liked it though. It felt, felt good, it felt right. All right, the three of you can make your way back to the Wistful Wish. Uh, oh, I should ask, Ikemba, because uh, we found out uh, for Silent Number 9 and Invicta, what does your, uh, your spacesuit look like? Is there anything special? Did you bring your own? Do you just have like a basic torch issue one? Uh, anything he, we should know about it? He did bring his own. It is uh, primarily black, like an all black with... Uh, blue and orange highlights oh i like that like on the on the shoulder pauldrons and then like just like in streaks across it like anywhere there is a seam or a um like a wire or something like that those are either blue or orange depending on the situation he really likes blue and orange but also like <laughs> can't really go wrong with all black everything so he wanted to he went with an all black suit originally and then custom tailored it to fit the orange and blue cool. highlights i love that all right so uh, the three of you uh, head to the airlock of the Sundiata and I lie, you get, uh, you get a little alert since you were sort of watching the, the ship systems <clears throat> when they first went in, that the airlock is opening again and, and that three, three individuals have exited from the Sundiata's airlock and uh, you're just sort of holding, holding the wistful wish steady, I presume, I lie. Uh, once I understand that they have boarded i'm gonna check in um if everyone's boarded i'm going to um part away from the syndiata and i'm gonna just do a calm peel away because that's also a very scary time when two ships have to peel away from each other so i hate it i, I hate it I, I do that uh and focus on that uh as we kind of get back to going on our uh journey or direction towards uh the planet we're supposed to be headed towards yeah. Uh, and if the four of you plus Bertrand uh, eventually, once you're back on board, the Wistful Wish want to gather on the bridge, uh, you can see as Eli takes you out and away from the Sundiata, uh, you can see, you get a good view of their, of the windows into their bridge. Uh, and you can see all of the remaining crew of the Sundiata sort of standing at the windows, uh, saluting, and you see uh, a little sort of what is very obviously a makeshift casket. It looks like maybe like a cargo container or something uh, that sort of jettisons a couple of, uh, they jettison a couple of those for their lost, their lost crew mates uh, out. And you watch them as they sort of watch those crates float away. And eventually uh, the figure in the middle who is really too small at this point, you're too far, too small to make out details, but yeah, it's fairly fairly easy to guess that it's the acting captain, Kiani. Uh, she sort of breaks her salute, nods. Uh, you can see her sort of nod uh, and the whole crew disperses and starts to, uh, starts to 
spool up the Sundiata and they begin to make their way in the opposite direction from you all. Well done. You saved some, some, some hey. merchants. Hey. All right. Uh, Bertrand reminds you all that uh, by, you know, fairly early tomorrow, you should arrive on Hathoray. Is there anything else we should know about uh, before, uh, before we conclude our journey on the Wistful Wish? Uh, Invicta really wants to clean up because she's covered in blood. Yeah. And her. And it's all like freeze dried onto her now uh, since. Uh, uh, oh, I guess not. I guess you put your suit on on top of it. Uh, so maybe oh. just. Uh, oh, yeah. So really not mm. great choices either way. <laughs> yeah. So because I, could, I can't, I'm not Sila. I can't spacewalk without my suit. So I had no choice. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. And since I have to like get cleaned up and clean my space suit. I very begrudgingly, Sila. Since I must bathe the blood of my enemies off anyway, and I'll be in casual clothing until we arrive at Hawthorne, we can do your nail lacquering after dinner. Is that suitable? Yeah, sure. That's that's what you want. And and Victor just tilts her head like this is not Silas speak. Like whomst are you? I was just gonna keep like playing it cool, just like no. I mean, Uh if you want to paint your if you want to paint your claws, I would wouldn't say that I object to hanging out with you to paint them and having not cheese. Well, I'd be using the lacquer you gave me since you seemed upset that I didn't use it yet. Um, I'm not skinny. I don't generally get upset. I don't generally have any emotions. It's not my basic protocol. Sure, Sila. I'll see you in my quarters after dinner. Very well then. Sila's gonna turn around and walk off and just kind of look back and forth. Notice that no one is there. Just go. Just triumphantly like pump her fist. <laughs> Precious and perfect. I love oh it. God. Now, now, Sila, you do have something else. Uh, which is, of course, your gift to the crew. Uh, so how are we, what are we doing with those, those Tupperwares that you made, uh, that, you, that you probably made uh, Ikemba help you carry over, uh, just because there were so many, not that they're, I mean, you were in space, it, the weight doesn't really matter, uh, but there was just a bunch of them to get over. So what are, you, uh, what are you doing with those? She's going to go and set the table and just place everything out, like one at each seat, but leave Bertrand's normal for Bertrand size flatware and plates there, but for everyone else, have like them sized silverware and flatware. And then she's gonna call everyone into the dining hall. 
All right, so you all get the all call. Uh, after you've had some time, and Victor, you've had time to get cleaned up. Uh, uh, DJ, uh, in, it can't, oh, y'all. Ikemba, any, uh, any details that you need filled in on or, or additional cheese recovery time that you need has been taken. Eli, you've had, had a bit of time to set things back on autopilot, take, you know, get it off manual control and all that. And so you all ha- hear the all call and gather in the... Uh, in the mess, in the galley. No, not the galley. That's where they make the food. In the mess, uh, and and you see your new place settings. Oh, surprise! This is wonderful. This is what? fantastic. Where did you acquire these? On the on the other on the Sandiata? These are the spoils of our victory. Oh, they're wonderful. Thank you. Indeed, thank you. Um, Urchin well. comes in and, and looks at them and sort of like, obviously fake, like looks deflated and sad for like a moment uh, and then sort of lets out a hearty laugh and, and uh, congratulates you on the spoils of your victory. Ah, thank you, Bertrand. Although you'll still see us um, serve out of your, your big bowls and and, and 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 big dishware. So I mean, it's not all lost. <laughs> that perks him up a little bit more. He wasn't actually disappointed, but that does visibly make him kind of happy. Bertrand. Ah. It is actually an aesthetic style to have larger serving plates than you do your actual plates. So you now have an even more stylish setting than you had prior. Oh, I do like good modern sensibility in my decor. You're welcome. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, dinner is is excellent again and as much fun as uh, we had with our dinner last time. I am so very eager to find out what Invicta and Silent 919 Slumber Party is like. Uh, so dinner is wrapping up. You're all still at the table in the mess. Uh, Bertrand is bustling about putting putting things away and, and tossing things back in the galley and everything. Uh, what what's what does the conversation come around to by the end of dinner here before we split off? Um I'll crack like I, I lie is probably going to crack a joke about not having dairy at the table for the majority of people because everyone seems not to <laughs> process it well. well I lie <laughs> probably does, but uh, yeah, that uh, probably ends dinner with like a small little joke, I guess. I love that. No cheese for dessert, eh? Yeah, hold the cheesecake, not from Cheesecake <laughs> Factory, please. <laughs> And Victor will remember that. Oh. Sila and Akemba. You have one story from our victory. Would you care to hear? Oh, of course. As we were in the vents, I saw two of the pirates beneath us, and I reached out with my braids, and I slapped their heads together, and I said, Two heads are better than one. <laughs> I like this. That's, and that's you were there. I was, but I didn't see what you had done. So I had no idea what your joke was about. Now you get the context. 
Great laugh. Huh? I've been laughing. I've quietly laughed. Those do not overdo my cheese sweats. <clears throat> because there is still cheese in my quarters. <laughs> and I will still be eating this cheese. I will eat less than I have previously, though. Told y'all we got to create a seventh stress category for cheese. This is true. Because cheese. I love it. You know that's going to really go in the book, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think. Bertrand has, has sort of finished cleaning up uh, and, you know, lets you all know that should be good until Planetfall tomorrow. So you all can have your evenings. All right. Sila, are you... Uh, now, you're playing it cool. So is Sila going to say anything about this? Nail lacquer party that was promised. I'm really excited. Um, I'm really so when you actually do see it, she's gotten up from the table, she's in the mirror practicing how to respond. <laughs> she's walked away to the bathroom to just kind of like look in the mirror and be like, I am pleased to. I'm Hey. Hello. Um welcome to your room. No, that's not it. Um non-dairy. Oh. My whole heart. Invicta. Hello. Okay, I'm ready. And she's also uh, like gonna go sneak over and just kind of like she's gonna change her hair a little bit, like fix her mask, like line it up. Uh huh. Uh huh. Adjust her face. Put a little Love bit it. of like gold in the crack right here. Ooh. Oh. Like, hey, okay. are we hanging out or is this turning into a date? I. She's just getting <laughs> ready and making making non permanent changes to spruce herself up. Ooh. I always get more dressed up for dates with my friends than I do with my dates. <laughs> Real life. <laughs> legit. Legit. But eventually, you don't know. You don't know why we don't know my life. But um, <laughs> that was like, she's just like excited and getting all like together and she's going to go and go back. Are we back at the table or are we going and we separate? Oh, I, I think y'all have separated. I am desperately trying to get you two in a room together to do each other's nails. Okay. So I'm gonna grab some little like nail, what's that dog on stuff called? You know what I mean? Nail remover, nope. some some acetone oh. uh -huh. and some nail lacquer. And <laughs> Just make sure you get nail polish remover and not nail remover. The pliers and the acetone are two different things, Captain Silent 919. Oh, okay. So she's gonna correct that. And then she's gonna <laughs> And the voice of the storyteller is like, no, Sila, the other one. <laughs> like, so if you rolled up to the door with some pliers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. <sighs> all right, all right. So you've got the you got the acetone, you got the other supplies, uh, and, and off your head. Uh yes. I don't right. have a sausage log. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Not, it's not said not dairy. That's no, right. It's, br- it's meat for a carnivore. <laughs> My brain is just going to like those Christmas gift baskets. <laughs> <laughs> it, was in her, it was in her room when she got on the ship. Bert That's right. Yeah, torch <laughs> She, you all have the sausage log and the wheel of cheese. She's just recycling what Torch and Bertrand had as welcome gifts. No. Uh. <laughs> we got we got the soaps that dry you out that you can't actually use oh, the whole the whole nine. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that feeling. Anyway. Walnuts. Walnuts. Yes. With no nut Maybe cracker. a can of Pringles. Uh, all right. So there's there's your Catman Victor at your door it seems, with quite the supply. I, I, I open the door and I'm like, and I just gotta step aside and let her in, like, surprised that you have food. You, but anyway, have a seat. Like, this is weird and awkward for Invicta, too. So she's like, what's happening? (laughs) This is quite the pair for a slumber party-esque moment. I can't wait. Yeah, so Invicta... Invicta has... um, So this is is an out-of-character question. Okay. That's, again, I don't really need to eat, per se. But would you enjoy a fine like well cleaned glass of oil oh. like really well strained like a high grade of motor oil and a martini glass sure oh okay. yeah. yeah what do what do do space martini glasses look like we know them or do is there a different shape for a standard space martini okay so think like in the jetsons how there's always that slight little curve so it's still like the what you would think in your mind, but there's a slight curve to the top of it. Like they come. I love that. I also knew you would have an answer when I asked that question. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so Invicta has that then, full of high grade motor oil. Yes, and it's like on a not a warming tray because you don't want to catch fire, but it is it is a temperature <laughs> amenable to Monsagene. She's done a little research, um, and it's poured, and there's. She's trying, bless her little carnivorous heart. She, she's got the nail lacquer that uh, Sila gave her and another one that she found. And she's got what she searched for and decided were implements for this ritual of painting your claws. <laughs> she's very confused. Yeah. So Sila hasn't said anything this entire time yet because of all the practicing of what to actually say and you would think that this highly advanced mental athlete olympian really if you really think about it would handle this situation (laughs) but she just goes hey what's up welcome to your room here we evicta hello are you functional i i'm just here some oil for you oh yeah thank you thank you great love oil favorite 
friendship. <clears throat> I guess so. Um, so how, um, may I touch your paw? Sure. So, so Invicta is like shut the door and has like, I guess, wine or beer or whatever. And so the, the paw that is not being lacquered, she can take a drink from, cause she's like, I'm gonna need alcohol for this y'all. And uh, so she like extends her, she actually makes a point of extending her claws like a cat would, like a house cat would. And it's like, there you go. <laughs> so how about that adventure today? And other points of conversation that one would generally talk about if you were bonding after a shared mutual experience. Well, I mean, I did get to kill people, so it was a good day. How did that make you feel? Glorious. And this is a thing you strive for often. I mean, I don't set out to murder people every day, but they were bad people and we got to save the ship, so. Hmm. Yes. What a time that was had. We did. I will, I stood by as you stabbed that person through the floor, but I must have felt like a, um, <laughs> looks at the notes on her hand and says, power move? Are you reading? So are these written on Silas' hand or are, do you have like a notepad? No, there's, she wrote, because she's just going to make it disappear off of her hand as soon as possible. But she took like, kind of like with an Apple pencil and you write on the screen and you're just like, so that's what she's doing on her actual hand and just okay. kind of like wiping it away. Like just pulls up a little screen. Just, no. Sila. Invicta. Modulation is the key. <clears throat> you, you don't need to write notes on your hand to talk to me. What did I tell you on the ship? Would you give me the date and time and specific conversation that we were in the midst of? Is there a particular date? Would this be in the last 24 hours? And she's like scanning through files of conversation with Invicta to see if she can pull whatever it was. Oh. Oh. Don't worry, I have files on everyone. Sila. And so she starts to reach for Sila's hand. It's like, may I take your hand? Oh, goodness. And she does like the, you know, I'm trying to like get you to realize that everything, answers are not in a book, emotions are not easy. And she is Sila, look at me. You can just learn to talk to me like a person. You don't need notes on what I might like. You don't need notes 
on how to strike up a conversation. That's the part about emotions that's scary because no one thing is going to fit anyone else. There's no book or script that you can pick up that will teach you how to interface with others successfully. I know that you are not liking having emotions and I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't like them much either, but since I'm organic, I don't get a choice. You, my Mansagani friend, could get rid of them if you so choose. It would probably be a very boring mechanical life if you did. But as much as we fuss and we've gotten off on the wrong foot, learning how to master your emotions is one of the best lessons you can learn. But you're going to have to do it with everyone you meet. Because what I like is probably not what Kemba likes or Eli or Bertrand or the people that we met on the ship. There is no note-taking your way into getting to know people. There is no trying to befriend people into understanding you. And it's okay to leak a little oil once in a while. Do you understand me? So I don't need to give everyone cheese and sausage. I just need to talk to them. Yes. I mean, some people like cheese and sausage. I prefer sausage as cheese will make me very sick. You are very smart and know that a feline biological species such as my own cannot digest dairy, especially of some creatures. And I would Which not like to be... why I bought you sausage. Correct, but you did not know that at first. And you gave me the cheese and you seemed very upset that I shared that with the Kemba because you saw your gift as being rejected when it wasn't. So it wasn't I, a Kemba rejection. is not the taker of cheese. No, he is not the taker of cheese. He merely benefited from the fact that I could not enjoy it. I know you were trying, and I know this is hard for you, which is why we're having this conversation. Because normally, anyone who's made such a bad initial impression upon me would not be someone I'd talk to twice, let alone go on a mission with or let into my quarters. So I'm trying and you're trying, but put the notes away. Stop reading books to figure people out. Just talk to them. Find out what they like. Find out what you have in common. And see where you go from there. Very well, then. Excuse me. And Sila's going to leave go up to her quarters call down to Eli Akimba Bertrand and back to Invicta say crew please report to the captain's quarters thank you Captain Silent 919 Invicta's very confused now and she's got one paw that's done like one one set of claws is lacquer, the other is still like 
Um, okay. That was weird, but maybe she's learning. Invicta, bring the polish. All right, Captain. And she brings it with her. She like stuffs it in a pocket and is like, she's just like, you know how you open those like sausage logs? She basically just cuts an end off and starts peeling it and is gnawing on it on the way up to her quarters. But I like, do you two heed the call from your captain as well? Sure do. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do your three crew members find upon their arrival in the captain's quarters? Captain Silent 919. Uh, Bertrand is there too, I should say. Five, so the four. Bertrand four. is there as well. Absolutely he is. So I assume I took a couple of minutes while everyone was gathering up. Mm-hmm. I now have multiple sausage logs, some drinks, and different things. Welcome to bonding. Tonight we will have conversation and sausage and cheese. Please enjoy my space. <clears throat> Please enjoy my space modulation she looks at invicta and just like Uh, better but remember to modulate the key when you wish to debate with others Uh. (laughs) don't modulate the key to never debate with me but (laughs) yeah she's uh going to invite everyone into her space as a means of following invicta's advice immediately She's trying to learn these lessons as they happen and enact them. Yes, yes. And so there the five of you are <laughs> squeezed <laughs> into the captain's cabin all together. Fortunately, it's Hotheran sized, right? So at least it's all, it was already big. But uh, the five of you pass what I can only imagine is a delightful evening, having libations, having meat, some of you having cheese, some of you having your nails painted, uh, and what a delightful way to spend your final night <clears throat> amongst the stars before your arrival on Hotheray, which is the first thing that we'll do when we come back from break. After our whole the whole first half of our series, we are arriving at Hotheray. There is so much to do here. I'm so excited to introduce this planet to everybody. But before we do that, let us go ahead and take a quick break. We are all going to have a moment to get what we need, uh, have a bio, grab some water, hydrate, uh, whatever it is that needs to happen. And you all should do the same. Take care of yourselves, hydrate, stand up, stretch and we will be back with you uh, shortly. Enjoy this week's uh, fan art as we are on break and we will be back with Planetfall on Hotheray uh, in just a few minutes. Thanks everybody. Welcome back everybody. It's good that you didn't hear me. I did a very strange voice and then I didn't really know why and sort of let it peter out. It's for the best that I was (laughs) muted. Welcome back. Uh, Hope that you all got what you needed, hydrated, stretched, bioed, got libations. Cheers, happy Sunday. and uh, and are ready for Planet Fall on Hathoray. Hope you enjoyed all of that lovely uh, fan art. Uh, some really great stuff. There's always a couple of pieces that I have not seen over the course of the week, and I get so excited when I get to see them here. Uh, just a reminder, it looks like the giveaway is, I believe it's still open in chat. Mods, keep an eye on uh, the mods. They'll tell you how to enter. But we are giving away a, uh, a blue Yeti X microphone this evening. So be sure and keep an eye on chat and follow the instructions of the mods so that you can enter that and then win it at the end of the stream. Should we get to Hathoray, y'all? Maybe. 
no, please, can we get, let me rephrase. Can we please get to Hawthorne? Uh, great. So you all spend that lovely evening together in your captain's quarters, uh, getting to know each other, finally getting, you know, you have, you have survived the static, you survived pirates, you are almost to your destination. You finally get to, to let off some steam together that night. And the next day, as you all, uh, as you all wake up and, and report to your duty stations, you can see in the distance, you still got a, a couple of hours probably, but you can now see the planet of Hathare in the distance. And it is a an absolute riot of green, every imaginable shade of green. There are dark forest greens of well forests, uh, plentiful, broad, expansive forests on the surface. There are also that sort of lighter green of grasslands and prairie spaces, rolling hills. From this distance, what you all notice uh, most is, is sort of most noticeably different from Musalia, where all of you uh, uh, have your homes, your primary homes, is that there seem to be, at least from this out this extreme altitude, there seems to be a, a whole lot less uh, water formations uh, than one might expect on a habitated planet, which in some extent, to some extent you all is not so surprising because you all are here to bring a cargo of much needed water, but there also just don't seem like it does. It's not like you're seeing empty lakes. You just don't see a ton of natural water formations or notice them from uh, from out at this distance. Uh, but in a couple of hours, you all will reach uh, sort of the, the border of the upper atmosphere. Uh, Bertrand uh, tells you or has told you that uh, the, the re-entry of the atmosphere of Hathare uh, is an automated process. But once you are into the atmosphere, uh, you the ship will need to be piloted to the irrigation center uh, of the planet and of the, the the capital city of Hathare, uh, but it'll be a good chance. Bertrand is clearly very excited to show you his home. Uh, so he's he's excited to that you all have, uh, have a reason other than his low-key tour to be on the bridge because the ship will need to be piloted uh, manually to that location. Anything we're doing in preparation for atmospheric re-entry and then uh, manual piloting to your destination. Um, since we, uh, since we hopefully won't need to shoot anything on the way down, I'm going yeah. to, uh, take up a spot on the bridge. Great. And, uh, be in, in place for anything that may happen between us and touching down. Great. Uh, Ikemba, as the other, uh, tactical officer on the Wistful Wish at the moment, uh, where are you going to be? I'm going to be at my station. Uh, okay. Ikemba's still just like, even though he doesn't expect combat he doesn't like to not be at his controls until landing has happened so he's just going to be there kind of scanning making sure nothing's out of whack even though it's a entirely new plan for him he still knows when people are locking weapons and so he's just going to keep an eye out excellent uh, Bertrand will be in uh, the engine room for atmospheric re-entry. He's got a jump seat there that he can strap into uh, and just likes to keep an eye on things. But once you're back in the atmosphere, he'll he'll join you all on the bridge. Eli and Captain Silo 919, you two at your stations on the bridge as normal? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Captain Silo 919 is charging as they prepare to go down and also uploading maps of Hawthorne. 
and familiarizing herself with just history of little planets. Great. Uh, yeah, and some of that will uh, will come out as you all uh, do your flyby of a good chunk of the planet on your way to the irrigation system. Uh, so, a couple of hours pass. Preparations are made, uh, and the ships uh, the ships alarms and notification systems start to go off. Not not because anything is the matter, but to let you all know uh, that the reentry. Uh, autopilot has been engaged and all ship's crew are encouraged to take your seats and strap in. Apparently that is the ship's voice. Uh, no, probably not. It would definitely be more Hotharayan. Uh, but it does tell you to, to strap in. Uh, most of you have experienced atmospheric re-entry before. Uh, and if you haven't, you know, uh, either from, from research reading or, or just one of your companions telling you, uh, even in a ship this size and even automated uh, re-entry can be a bumpy experience. So, the ship begins to descend. Uh, and the first thing that you notice is that, you know, there was always the sound of the end, the ship's engines and the thrusters when they needed to be employed. But generally, space travel is a fairly quiet affair. Uh, you know, the, the engines don't need to be engaged at all times because once the ship has the inertia and is going, only adjustments are needed, not a constant burn. So it's been you know, for as much activity as there's been over the last several days, it's been a fairly quiet trip. So the first thing you all notice once you're strapped in and beginning to descend through the atmosphere is the sound. It is, it's loud for sure, though whether or not it's as loud as it seems or it's just been the relative quiet that has sort of resensitized your ears, uh, there is sort of just a dull roar, a wind-like sound that has just been absent for days uh, that is all over the ship and, and gets louder and louder. The other thing that you notice is of course out to the windows that you all can see from either your tactical station at Kemba or from the bridge for the rest of you. Uh, the outer hull of the ship uh, is is well shielded, uh, but the shields themselves are obviously, uh, uh, it's good that they're there because they are flashing and lighting up and beginning to glow as the, uh, the sudden existence of friction on you all as you descend through the atmosphere fairly quickly heats up uh, this protective shield around the ship. And all of a sudden there is a sort of lurching feeling. Uh, and those of you who have re-entered atmosphere before know to expect this. Uh, there is this sort of moment where the planet's gravity takes full hold, but the ship's gravity needs a moment to sort of disengage. And so there's this awful sort of crushing, heavy feeling just for a moment. Uh, and then there's sort of a release. There's a little pop Gravity returns to normal for you all. And though there is still more noise than there was in space, the sound has reduced. That sort of glowing, sparking, popping shield lights, uh, those have settled. And you all find yourself flying above a vast forest. 
of bright, brilliant shades of green. Even the darkest greens seem to glint in the sunlight. The sun is just sort of, uh, you, you get the feeling that maybe Bertrand might have done his best to plan it this way, that as you all are descending into the atmosphere, the sun for this system is just rising over the far horizon. And so you see as this forest below you just is lit up and sparkling uh, from, from the early morning sun and it flies beneath you. You are clearly, you know, you're still fairly high up though you are in the atmosphere now. The ship is moving very quickly uh, and you can hear Bertrand as he uh, excitedly comes racing into the bridge. The ship notifies uh, you all, but you in particular, Captain Silent 919, uh, that the autopilot will be disengaging in 30 seconds. Uh, and so to prepare for manual navigation to the irrigation, uh, uh, the irrigation site and Bertrand arrives and just joyfully sort of trumpets and says, welcome to Hathoray, my home. Beautiful. Was this planet, this perfect, picturesque, beautiful, descent into the sun. Well, I, I could have given the engines a bit of a goose and gotten us here sooner, but uh, I thought the timing as naturally occurred would be ideal for your first sight of my home. You're quite the salesman, Bertrand. Well played. Thank you. Uh, I hope you enjoy. These forests are still quite far from the capital city and, and my home, but uh, you can just see some of the farming outposts uh, beginning to appear below us. Uh, and you all can, in fact, see that every now and again, uh, sort of in the trees, it looks like they uh, these farms, at least here on the edges of this forest, uh, have not cleared the trees from around them but are indeed uh, finding some way to farm uh, within the forest itself. You see all of these uh, these farm buildings, these farmhouses, they are they're incredibly wrought. The architecture is is complex and beautiful and clearly very large. Uh, even from this altitude you can tell they big. Um, and what's maybe the most impressive about them is that these farms, from what you can see of them, obviously you can't get a, a full clear view of them because there are, in fact, there is a canopy of trees, but from what you can see, they seem to, uh, they aren't built from nature like Solansi settlements often are, but they are built within nature rather than clearing nature to create space for these farms uh they have they have done their best to build within the constraints of the forest uh and it's really quite impressive you eventually uh sort of burst uh the 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 forest bursts beneath you and ends and you are out on uh, a sort of a sort of prairie glass grassland area uh rolling hills sort of light greens and yellows and uh there is a a herd of uh of creatures sort of running underneath the ship and bertrand uh uh points to them uh and says ah yes uh, the borea herd of borea uh, excellent
Scotland to Boviata. I'm sorry, I misread my own handwriting. Uh, a herd of Boviata beneath us. And as you pass closer, you can see that they look almost like uh, we as Earth humans would recognize bulls, uh, some sort of bovine creature. But these have three horns, almost like a triceratops, and are much, much larger. Uh, and with this long, sort of dark, uh, dark gray fur. Uh, and they, they are running beneath you, but the ship overtakes them uh, as you pass. And now you see more uh, of the, more farms, but these are out on the grasslands and are much more visible. You begin to notice that every dwelling, every building, every construction that you see has uh, a, an identical twist, turn, elbow of piping. Uh, and it is exactly the same size and shape on every dwelling, every building that you that you fly over. And you only notice it because it's so repetitive once you start seeing more and more farms. This sort of elbow of what looks like a sort of rose gold piping at every single house. As you continue on, on your flyby, your flyover, uh, you do begin to see small little uh, lakes and ponds and streams and things like that. And each of those also has somewhere on it this elbow of rose gold piping. Uh, and Bertrand is, you know, sort of uh, showing off all of the, the different animals that go by and the farms and, and keeping you up to date on how distant you are from the capital city. Uh, but it's a lot of this as you all travel. So I wanna give you all a, a moment before I continue to bloviate about Hathoray uh, to respond if any of you would like to or to ask Bertrand questions or anything as you're flying over. Nothing too hard. I, I don't have all the information on Hathoray yet. <laughs> Please don't ask me about the sixth emperor of Hathoray. I don't know. Now that you said that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Come on, you know, you know, as a storyteller, don't give your, your players a. Uh, a fish hook like that. <laughs> to be fair, Hathoray doesn't have emperors, nor has it ever had emperors. So I do know about the sixth Hathorayan emperor, which is that he didn't exist. <laughs> I do want to say that as they go past the little, like, biceratops with the three little horns or whatnot, that's a bison. Sila actually gets really excited. Oh. And jumps out of her seat and runs to the window and is like, I read about these in Hawthorne, a history. I jump <laughs> back on the piloting controls. <laughs> let, let me have a moment of weakness here. I'm I mean, yes, go ahead. I'm saying you can do that. I mean, He's, we just- They're covering for you. They cover oh, for you, Captain. Let me steer with my hair. Because okay, I okay, 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 we good then. Oh. I'm prepared. I am prepared. <laughs> I Call me the it. captain because I'm prepared. All right. Yeah, yeah, because captain. That's you my got title. It. Yes, I'm very excited. I and love that. Um Invicta, you know, checks everything at her station and looks out and she notices uh what were the creatures again with the three horns? The boviata. three horned bovines are boviata, yeah. Uh, the Boviata, and she's looking over at them. She's like, hmm, my ancestors hunted those, either for sport or for food. They're still a delicacy since we don't get them much outside of Hawthorne. 
uh, he, uh, Bertrand chimes in and says, yes, uh, we did quite a brisk trade in Boviata exports, but uh, we realized that we had perhaps opened the floodgates, uh, an old saying on Hathoray, uh, a bit a bit too wide and their numbers were dwindling. So yes, it's become quite the rare delicacy until we can build their numbers back up safely. Ah, you, you might be interested in these, Invicta. Uh, fierce, uh, fierce predators they are. Uh, and and Bertrand indicates, you all have flown over a sort of smaller uh, uh, localized forest, and you don't at first see what he's indicating uh, because they are very well camouflaged, but there are these uh, sort of green and black uh, modeled almost uh, enormous uh, what look like probably predator cats uh, they each have six legs and they are moving ever so fluidly through the forests uh, and and he says uh, 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 oh uh, the uh, leopara uh, fierce predators wonderful companions though if they decide to take a liking to you I, they just don't do that very often hmm I've heard of them, but I've never seen one in person. Uh, well, to be honest, I've never seen one up close either. Uh, if I'm uh, being fully candid, they they actually terrify me. <laughs> oh, come now. You're not afraid of cats. I mean, after all, I'm here. Oh, well, of course. But you have, uh, well, uh, a certain charm about you. <laughs> Oh really? Oh yes, yes, all of you. It's it's. I don't get to spend much time with anyone but other Hathorayans, and m might I say they're a bit um, uh, reserved and uh, proper. Uh, gets me into a bit of trouble. They say I'm quite the modern Hathorayan, really. Are you the model of a? <laughs> Modern Hatharayan engineer, yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's a few more syllables than it felt like should go. I, there was something <laughs> sing-songy about that exchange anyway. Um, I, I lie and it can't... Oh, oh, oh I, I stand corrected. It works perfectly. I uh, can't but I lie anything. <laughs> um, I... Um... Yes, this place seems quite exciting, and um, yes, I, um, I'm i excited to actually touch down and feel the ground once again, and uh, that's essentially where I lie is at, just kind of almost, excited, uh, almost as excited as Sila919. Uh, Bertrand, when you say that, Bertrand gets sort of a funny look, but uh, doesn't, doesn't, just nods and says, uh, yes. Kemba is firmly fixed on his screens, just impressed. Just, this is beautiful. Just gets more beautiful by the minute. I love yeah. this. Thank you for the view. Uh, Bertrand says, oh, just wait. And as he, it's, <laughs> if you didn't know better, 
you would think he practiced because the timing is so spot on. As he says that, uh, the ship sort of crests over a, a, a slightly sort of taller hill uh, that had blocked the, your view of, of what was beyond it. Uh, and you see what, what must be the capital city of Hathare. You see laid out before you this shining city, this unbelievably ornate, graceful, beautiful, very large city uh, <clears throat> that sits in the distance, sort of in the center of what from this altitude and from this distance you can see are sort of three enormous lakes. Um, and uh, and Bertrand points and says, ah, home. And uh, there is just this incredible city, these three enormous lakes, and and Bertrand is sort of watching you uh, see this site for the first time, and and uh, he says, uh, "Do you, do you see it yet?" You mean the city? Uh, well, well, yes, uh, of course, but 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 do you see it yet? Not yet. As you all get a little closer, the angle of the lakes just sort of continues to change, and it's almost like a like a magic eye picture that finally, when you're in the right spot, sort of almost not quite directly above the city, but but you know a little closer to it, the image lines up, and you realize that these three lakes are almost shaped if you if you're in the exact right spot and, and you squint a little uh, but you're sure this is what Bertrand is talking about these lakes are almost in the shape of two sort of large irregular elephant ears and an elephant trunk with the city sort of right at the center of the three uh, and he Bertrand is watching the four of you like a hawk to see if and when you notice this exciting uh, geographical feature that he is so so thrilled about. Goodness. Yes. That is... Do you see it as well, Ella? Yes, it's quite, um, it's quite beautiful. Uh, I haven't seen anything like this. I've never visited Hartharay before. The architecture, it's exquisite. There's no better oh. word. Oh, thank you. And and now that I can see that you have seen completely natural, at least as far as the histories can tell us, completely no, well, not the city, of course, but, but the lakes formations, we found it that way. Uh, well, sort of, he says, uh, but uh, near enough that it's a, a good story to tell. Indeed. As you continue to approach, uh, you see uh, even more detail and what you thought uh, up until this point, what you may have, have, what you could be excused for thinking uh, was just sunlight glinting off of the surface of these three lakes. Uh, and, and of course the shitty, the shitty, the city is shining. And so it's also sort of reflecting the sunlight in, in strange and, and exciting ways. Uh, but as you get even closer, you realize that it's not just the reflection of sunlight off of the water and the buildings. There are coming out of the surface of the center or near enough to the center of each of the three lakes are Gig I need more words for big, very large uh, versions of those rose gold 
pipe elbows that you saw at every other site on this planet. These are enormous pipes made out of the same material that come from the center of each of the three lakes and go towards hundreds, maybe maybe a thousand feet in the air eventually, but all converge right above the capital city. Uh, they converge there and there's sort of an enormous platform that is created there. You can see there are buildings on this platform above the city where the pipes meet. And they seem to meet at one building in particular and they must come together within that building because then rising from the center of that building is an even sort of uh, thicker and even larger diameter pipe that shoots up into the sky and beyond, you can't see the end of it. It is it is extending into the heavens as far as you're able to see. Um, this piques Invicta's interest because she's like, engineer brain, what little there is of it has perked up, has entered the chat. <laughs> and she like leans forward and she's just like, she's like doing like the most awkward, you know, like when cats get in very strange positions and you're like, how is that at all comfortable, much like children also do? And you're like, <laughs> you have no bones right now. And she's doing like the awkward cat, like, how, how does this work? And she just looks back at Bertrand. Skywater? What? Ex I... Bertrand lets out a hearty <laughs> laugh and says, uh, actually, Invicta, uh, closer than you may think, yes. Um, you see, oh, where did I put the names of these things? Here we are. Uh, you see, uh, these are our irrigation pipes. Um, you may have noticed that uh, previously uh, there were very few uh, natural water sources that we flew over. Hathore is a unique planet. Presumably, at some point in its history, it must have been full of, of life-giving water uh, because we can see evidence of it in the archeological record. Uh, however, Hathoray today is nearly completely devoid of natural water. We have no water table like Musalia has. We have no underground aquifers or wells. We have no natural source of water here on this planet at all. But uh, the ingenuity of our engineers solved that problem with the crown. Uh, and he gestures to this piping system. And you can see how it sort of almost looks like a crown sitting, sort of encasing the city. Uh, the way that the three prongs come together with a sort of disc at the top and then continue on. Uh, he says, this uh, irrigation system actually brings water from our closest moon, which is a, a, a great source of frozen, of course, water. Uh, that water is brought from the moon to the surface, uh, normally in such quantities as to keep this, these lakes uh, plentiful and filled. Of course, bodies of water this size will naturally begin to integrate themselves into the meteorological systems of the planet, but without a natural source of replenishment, we must constantly pipe more to the surface. 
So we came through space. Yeah. To bring you water. Yeah. When you get it from the moon. Uh huh. That is the long and short of it. Yes, Invicta. So why did we bring you water if you get it from the moon? Oh, uh, yes. Well, that is the question, isn't it? Uh, uh, the uh, uh, the station master of the uh, irrigation station will undoubtedly have more information. Uh, but what I was told uh, was that the output here planet side uh, has decreased significantly of late. Uh, what we are hoping to determine is whether that is a planet side problem or a uh, moon sign side problem, but uh, we have not been receiving water uh, at the rate that is required to keep these lakes uh, functioning fully. Uh, and you can sort of see now that you're, I mean, you're basically on top of the, the trunk lake at this point, uh, and you can definitely see that there is a water, like a high water line, and the water, the current water level of the lake is is quite a ways from that Oof. high water line. It's like Lake Mead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so he, you know, he sort of points that out and says, uh, "So that's what we will um, need to determine." Hmm. And. She just she pulls out her notebook and she just starts making notes because this like engineer brain is clicked on and she's uh -huh. like this doesn't make any sense uh -huh. at all and there's there's moon water and oh, we brought water and she's just yeah. like grumbling and making notes. Yeah, it should be said that Invicta's confusion about this whole sort of the existence of this of this irrigation system is well founded. It can be hard to. Um, it can be hard to indicate in a sci-fi game and particularly in a sci-fi game set in a brand new setting that no one really knows very well. It can be hard to indicate what's actually weird and what's just weird to our like modern earth sensibilities. This is weird for the motherland setting, right? Okay. Like, planets, planets should have their own dang water. Uh, this is peculiar. So yes, your Invictus confusion and, and curiosity is well-founded. Okay, so while this is going on, she just starts, like you see her like eschewing the notebook and just going to the, the ship's computer and like trying to look up things about Hathaway's water situation because this makes like her brain is just stuck on but you have a water source but we brought you water it's all in space why are we doing this like it's just the gears have have kicked in totally I love it I love it I love it uh anyone else have anything before you all approach the uh jewel of the crown the uh, irrigation station. Yep, my eye is looking at the magazine, the modern Hatharan, and he's looking <laughs> that they're they're looking at, uh, you know, essentially like li lunar liquid water, which is like a part of the advertising inside of that modern Hatharan magazine, <laughs> and also the crown jewelry, just like premiering like all this jewelry and like all these diamonds and watches and stuff. It's just a whole thing. Like it's a whole just, thing. They're just peeling through the magazine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anything else? All right. Uh, so uh, Bertrand, Sila, uh, 
Sila919 Bertrand lets you know uh, that there is a uh, a port and a hangar actually on the crown, uh, on on the crown, the top of that platform on top of the crown, uh, and that you all, uh, the wistful wish, and you all uh, are expected, and so you should you should head that way. And ground control, once you approach, will give you the the proper you know landing procedure and all of that. Oh, muted. Ground. Oh, oh, and back now. Oh, that entire time, all I could hear was like, this is ground controlled Major Tom in my head. Ground controlled Major Silo. Like, so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Bye. Um, Captain Silo 919 prepares for the descent. She gets everything in order. She calls down to ground control. Says, we are preparing for landing. This is the wistful wish. We are expected. Uh, uh, wistful wish. You Bertrand? are cleared to a... Uh, no. And you see... <laughs> if any of you have eyes on Bertrand in that moment, you see a look of panic like you have never seen before. Uh, and Bertrand runs over and like, without asking permission, like hits the button to turn to like mute comms and says, oh, I should have mentioned. Uh, I am, as I said, a very modern Hathorean, uh, but most of the people in our culture do not address each other uh, by name. I am fine uh, with you all addressing me as Bertrand. We are friends, I would like to think, but uh, upon the surface, uh, uh, relations and positions are generally used. Uh, likely, you will not know anyone's uh, position on the planet uh, until uh, some time has passed, so uh, simply uh, follow my method of address uh, as best you can. Uh, this individual uh, should be uh, referred to... <clears throat> uh, should be referred to as uh, ground control only. It is more polite, you see. Ground control only. This is Captain Sila 919. Captain Sila 919 to ground control only. Bertrand just sort of buries his, his face and his, his feet or his hands and just sort of shakes his head, but it's it's closer, so he'll take it. Uh, there's a brief confused pause and ground control uh, replies, uh, yes, uh, you are cleared to land coordinates locked proceed and allow for uh, descent onto the crown copy crew is everyone in position yes yes uh, uh, I can't, uh, I can't no run. Bertrand says all of a sudden goes uh, no and runs to the back to the engine room <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just picture Akemba the whole time, like just listening to us and like <laughs> not, and like just munching on cheese. As we <laughs> I feel like that is literally the mood of Akemba for the remainder of this trip. As long as that cheese wheel exists, he is always <laughs> holding on to just flavor of cheese. Is this? This is delicious. And just like just nonstop at that cheese. Like if you are wondering if Akemba's not doing an action, he's probably eating cheese. I just, I just, I just, and for, and somehow you've made sure that like it doesn't turn, 
it's like that cheese that comes in those gift baskets where you're like, you want to know how long it's been in there, but you also don't want to know how long it's been in there. Because for some reason, the chemicals have made it taste really good. <laughs> Dehydrated space cheese. There you go. Yeah. We spent yeah. lots of time in space. I've figured out many ways to make my cheese last as long as possible. Randomly, yep. there will be slices of cheese Your placed cheese. around the ship. <laughs> and nobody knows where they are, but you'll see a Kemba in the room and just like, you'll be having a conversation and just out of nowhere, just like. It's perfect. Also, I would like for that to be like me in real life. God, if I could just reach over and find cheese, amazing. Right. Video game Thanks. logic. Video game logic. Truly, 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 in, truly. In my mind, he's truly eating the most amazing smoked Gouda that has ever existed because oh. the smoked Gouda is amongst my favorite cheeses. Oh, Absolutely. really? Good choice. Mm -hmm. Good choice. All right. I love it. Uh, all right. So, uh, Captain Silent 919 brings the ship in the size of the platform above the crown here is shocking as the closer you get, you know, you sort of think, oh, we must be close by now. Oh no, now we must be close. Oh, we must be so close right now. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. This city is clearly enormous. And so the crown that tops it is, is equally large. There are several different uh, buildings and constructions here on top of the crown but it's very obvious which one is the irrigation station because uh, it's right at the center and it has that that piping coming out of it. Uh, the the uh, hangar and, and port, ship's port, uh, is sort of way off to one side of the platform on the crown. And, and you set down uh, and immediately you all can see as you all are sort of, you know, unstrapping and getting ready to step step out of the ship and onto, well, not onto the ground, but onto a planet for the first time in a while, uh, you can see several uh, Hathorean uh, individuals, all, you know, variations on a theme, uh, all elephantine humanoids, uh, upright, varying sizes of, of ears and, and, and uh, such. Uh, and they, are, they run and quickly approach the ship and sort of do all the safety checks from the outside. And Bertrand is just giddy with excitement to A, get off the ship and B, be home. And he says, uh, just be prepared. Uh, they will almost certainly have uh, uh, planned some sort of a welcome for you. Uh, the situation is 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 quite dire, and and we have uh, everyone here has been anxiously awaiting assistance from off planet. Uh, brilliant architects, though we may be, and engineers, uh, we're not so great uh, with uh, software and updating uh, technologies and things like that we are largely a simple folk you know uh, anyway all that to say there will be a uh and as Bartran is about to say welcome the uh the door the sort of large cargo hatch to the wistful wish opens and there is a cacophony of elephantine trumpeting uh that welcomes you all cheers hatharayan cheers as the cargo bay doors open and Bertrand goes uh like I said, uh, time to go meet your fans. Uh, uh, I'm what? <laughs> I believe you mean your fans. Oh, no, God. not I. I'm so, uh, they're very excited to see you. Uh, only me insofar as I brought the four of you. I'm not overheated in the least. 
Oh, I don't believe you get it. Beatrice is talking about the fans. Uh, At least that's what I believe she's talking about. Uh, maybe fan was an imprecise. Uh, we we should really not keep them waiting. I am. We should. Uh, yes. I was gonna just be the first one to step out. <laughs> Great, I love it. When you do, you see that here on, and those of you who follow will obviously also see uh, that there is quite the crowd that has gathered. Um, they are all wearing, uh, very obviously wearing uniforms, uh, all, all the same, this enormous crowd. Uh, and right next to uh, the bottom of the, of the hatch, the cargo hatch for the Wistful Wish, uh, stand two Hothoraeans, uh, one of them is dressed in incredibly colorful, vibrant finery uh, with, uh, you know, decorations, uh, not, not exactly like military medals, but, you know, sort of sashes, a sash of office and clearly a very important person. Uh, and the other Hothraean next to her is, uh, is an individual who is wearing uh, also one of the uh, sort of work uniforms that the rest of the crowd is wearing, but with a few little added sort of spiffy details uh, that sort of mark him as I don't, first among equals of whoever this group of people is, perhaps. So that is the crowd that you all see uh, and the highly decorated Hathorayan uh, spots Bertrand. Uh, and all of you, as you come out and walks over and sort of gives you a, a respectful, uh, insofar as this is clearly someone of authority and importance, uh, so a reasonably respectful uh, sort of nod and mini bow uh, and says, uh, I welcome you to Hathoray. And more cheers erupt. Bertrand sort of... Uh, looks like he's about to say something and then uh, actually thinks better and sort of nudges the four of you all in front of him. Um, it's lovely to be here. And I will return the gesture as best as I can with the, the bow that they gave us. I am captain. That Pardon is probably me. exactly what happens. <laughs> Pardon me, Invicta, after you. No, I just, I I give kind of a, a tilt of the head. I'm Invicta. Pleasure to meet you as well. Uh, this decorated woman looks, uh, Hathorayan woman looks uh, somewhat taken aback at your introduction with just your name. Uh, and she, But she very quickly, uh, she very quickly, uh, uh, regains her composure and says, of course, I am Grand Minister of Agriculture, Horticulturalist First Class. This is our Station Master, hydrologist, hydrologist First Class, and these are the staff of the Irrigation Station here on the Crown, gathered to welcome you. I am Blade Keeper, first among many, least among zero. She looks so relieved to have something to call you other than your name. Uh, Blade Keeper, it is an honor, uh, Captain. Yes. 
I am honor. Captain. Yes. Uh, and she turns to you two, Eli and Akemba, who have offered no titles or names yet, and uh, sort of with bated breath looks to the two of you. Um, I guess if you need it, uh, you can just call me the community Lightbringer. Lightbringer, welcome. And I am Akemba, Bio Priest. Ah, <laughs> tenses for a moment and then, ah. Bio priest, welcome to the four of you. These, and she turns to address the crowd, these four individuals, the captain, the blade keeper, the uh, bio priest and the light bringer have come to return the water to Hathore. And there's a great cheer. Once their work is done, we shall feast and celebrate. And another great cheer. Uh, and then there's a, a moment of silence and the uh, the other Hathorean who was at the ship door when you all came off sort of quietly leans over to the uh, the minister and says, um, shall we begin the tour, Grand Minister? And uh, the Grand Minister, who is clearly enjoying the cheering and the adulation, uh, snaps to you and says, uh, yes, of course, uh, back to work, all of you. Uh, and the, the crowd begins to disperse so that it is just the four of you, Bertrand, uh, the Grand Minister of Agriculture, uh, Grand Minister of Agriculture, Horticulturalist First Class, and the Station Master of the Irrigation Station, Hydrologist First Class. Um. Just as a detail, do we do we notice that Bertrand code switched? Like from how he was speaking to us, he kind of seemed like he switched real quick right when he was talking to his people. Oh, most certainly. Because it okay. wasn't just what he said, there was a whole change of demeanor. Right, right? that's what his, I, yeah. His sort of exuberance was a little muted. Uh, and, and some of that could be excused because obviously this is a high-ranking official in government, mm -hmm. but but there was it was more than that. It was definitely sure. a code switch, like you said. And, and I think after, you know, spending... <laughs> Spending several days not being able to escape Bertrand, even if you wanted to, I think mm -hmm. a change like that would definitely be noticeable. Okay, good to know. Um, so the uh, station master comes up and says, oh, welcome to all of you. Please, if you will follow me, we will begin our tour of the station. Uh, hopefully, uh, the grand engineer has provided you with a background of information of our problem, but we shall be happy to answer questions you may have along the way uh, before we leave you to your work. And he begins to give you all a tour. And it is quite the view that you all see. Um, the important points uh, that he passes you all by, you see it's, it's an amazing operation, uh, but you basically get a lot of the same information that Bertrand very quickly gave you on board the ship before you landed uh, about how the irrigation system works. Uh, one thing that the station master uh, does tell you uh, that 
this, uh, that the station master tells you that Bertrand hadn't mentioned is that basically uh, the reason that the moon has such an abundant supply of frozen water is that it's constantly being pummeled. Uh, the moon and actually Hathare uh, itself are pretty close to a sort of belt of, uh, of water rich asteroids and meteors that are constantly pummeling the surface of the moon. And so what has been devised is a system by which drones and things collect that frozen water, feed it into the irrigation system where it's then piped down to the surface. But that's the source of the water uh, on the moon and why they specifically get it from the moon because there's sort of up until now, there seemed to have been an inexhaustible supply of space water. Uh, now it's up to you all to determine whether that supply has in fact been exhausted or whether it's something planet side that is the problem. Reminding uh, this during the tour? Uh, I think so. Bertrand had mentioned some of it to you all very quickly as you all were flying to the crown, uh, but it, you all sort of get get a, a refresher and more details about it uh, as you as you take this tour. And he shows you the irrigation station, shows you the whole system, tells you, you know, any and all resources and access are at your disposal. If you want to get down uh, planet side to inspect sort of the output side of the pipes, he can arrange that. If you all want to go up uh, and inspect the intake part of the pipe on the moon, he can arrange that. Uh, seems like it's a, a pretty simple uh, procedure to, to get you all to either of those two places. He doesn't mention what that is, uh, but he seems to think he can do it quite easily. You know, access to any diagnostic tools in the station, whatever you all need. Um, and and he is open to, to questions uh, and anything else. Hmm. Why not ask why you outsource getting water? Uh, he looks a bit surprised and says, oh, well, uh, we Hathoreans uh, generally, uh, as, a, as a sort of uh, soft uh, rule, perhaps, uh, do not uh, prefer to deal in these... Uh, my apologies, Captain. Are you asking about why we outsourced for the technology or why we use the moon, oops, or why we use the moon as our source of water. I mean, why are we here? Ah, oh, well, uh, we have run all of the diagnostic checks that we are capable of doing here, but the truth is this whole system was built by outsiders uh, and, and uh, maintenance of it uh, is generally quite self-sufficient, but when it isn't, uh, we often have to call off-world for assistance. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not suspicious. Did you say how often, uh, Ikemba? I was, I was, I was asking how often does the production slow down to the rate that it has currently? Uh, never in my time as a station master. Interesting. Mm. Interesting indeed. This concerns me. 
uh, us as well. Uh, by now, hopefully, the uh, rest of the, some of the staff has uh, taken the water that you brought aboard uh, and begun to filter that uh, into the places where it is most needed to uh, maintain our agricultural output, uh, which, as you know, is uh, incredibly important for food supplies across the system and in many other systems as well. And he seems somewhat proud of that. Uh, the person that we're talking to, is this the station master hydrologist? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the prime minister, uh, the prime minister is, is with you all, uh, but obviously like the briefing is being, it needs to be done by the station master. Okay. Uh, sorry, grand minister, not prime minister. I keep doing that. Okay, that's a, yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, so, um, station master, what seems to be the, um, the issue, uh, do we know if it was something wrong with their piping, like there was something that happened with how the water's being delivered and not so much so the, the water source itself? Right. Their diagnostics are fairly limited in what they've been able to uh, establish. What, oh. they can, what they can say for certain uh, is that, uh, you know, none of the pipes are damaged. Uh, so it isn't like water is being lost at any point in the irrigation system. So it's not that. Uh, so that's what has sort of led them to believe that the problem is at one end or the other, right? Either the supply has something's happened to the supply or something is blocking, uh, is blocking output. Uh, that uh, if you ask the station master, he will tell you that he's a bit dubious of that uh, because it seems like if there was a blockage, then there would have been other reported issues that they would have noticed, uh, you know, further up the up the line. Uh, but he, you know, obviously is a very meticulous person and doesn't want to rule out that possibility because he can't for sure say that it isn't that. Uh, so we don't know where the um, the blockage is quite yet, and mm. doesn't seem like it's here on Hawthorne. Is it? May it possibly be on this moon where you're getting all these resources? That seems likely, Lightbringer. Um, the reality is, we have never really questioned uh, the unending supply of water-rich meteors and asteroids that uh, pummel our moon. It may very well be that uh, perhaps the supply was not as unending as we thought. It might be as mundane a problem as that, though if it is, uh, well... That doesn't really seem like a problem the four of you, capable though you may be, can solve. I, I hate to say it, but I almost hope that there is something uh, more sinister at work. That, at least, we may be able to do something about. How Stay numerous are your enemies? Oh, en enemies? Uh, enemies. No, we are a, a peaceful people. We, uh, we provide uh, agricultural supplies for much of the galaxy, uh, but uh, we do so uh, for the good of all. Uh, I can't imagine anyone would uh, take issue with our, uh, our systems. Uh, no, no, Hothraeans have no enemies to speak of. Can I use my lie detector? You absolutely can, yeah. Uh, if you want to use that, it will be a test. So, um, 
let me, I've lost my thing. Uh, so this is actually, I think going to be a interesting, you want the truth out of him. I think this is a contest. Uh, so in that case, you're going to roll first, Silent 919. Uh, you're gonna put together your lie detector pool uh, and you're gonna roll first to set a difficulty for uh, this person to choose to, uh, to try and counter you or not. Oh. Let us, thank you. Oh. I didn't even, I didn't, are we back? Oh, crud. Sorry, my voice carried through the wormhole, y'all. I didn't even give a warning. I didn't know we we're gonna do a roll here and our fabulous producer sends us over without a without a word spoken. Thank you. All right, Sila, what do we got going here for your dice pool? All right, so I'm gonna do the six for the lie detector monocle. Yes, absolutely. And I'm gonna use notice. I think that makes perfect sense to me, absolutely. And do it right or get out of my way. Uh, yeah, for sure. Excellent. Anything else you want to add to this? No. All right. So roll that up and that will set the difficulty for uh, for Station Master Hydrologist First Class. Whoops. Holy bananas. Okay. Well, that's a 16 with a D6 effect die. Uh, do you want to move any of that around? Uh, because remember, you can choose what dice go into your total and what the effect die is. The number on the effect die doesn't matter. The only thing for, that matters in effect die is the size of the die. So if you wanted to move the 10 or the D10 or the D8 to effect and move that D6 into your total, the total would still be a 13, uh, but your effect die would be larger if you would like. Dealer, I want to play it as it lays. All right, play it as it lays, a 16, absolutely. All right, so we are going to now toss together the Station Master's uh, pool, which is going to have, uh, let's see, one of those and one of those and another one of those and actually one of those, okay. So rolling that up. Oh, 13 is the best I can do here. So your 16 clearly beats it. Uh, the, uh, the station master is very clearly keeping something from you, Sila. Uh, you're not sure what it is, uh, but he is definitely withholding something. All lies will be revealed in time. Withholding, as one might call it. Carry on. Uh, uh, I, I, if, <clears throat> if there is something you would like to ask me, Captain, I would be happy to answer. You just answered and you answered with a fallacy. Why should I trust you going forward? Uh... The station master is beginning to get a bit worked up uh, and Bertrand uh, sees this happening, who's, who's also along with you, uh, and turns to the station master and says, ah, uncle station master, please. Uh, our captain is uh, 
is not used to our Hathorean ways, but she means uh, to do all she can to help us. If there is something that you feel is of importance, uh, please share it with us now. The station master looks somewhat perturbed, uh, but turns to all of you uh, and sort of examines each of you. And then he turns to the grand minister and sort of gives her a look like, well, how do you want me to proceed? Uh, and the grand minister uh, finally uh, nods and says, go ahead, brother. Uh, and so the station master says, well, I have a theory that is not substantiated in any way. Uh, and, and if I'm honest, I, there is very little to my theory, but it has been noted since the decrease in water began that every so often, uh, maybe a few times, uh, every several days, every four to five days, there is an unusual shadow on the moon. We have not been able to determine what is casting a shadow so large as to be visible on our moon from here on the surface. Whatever it is, it is my belief, may have something to do with our problems. Unfortunately, Captain, I do not know what it could be, and so initially chose not to disclose my theory, uh, insufficient, unsubstantiated, and bare bones as it is. An omission is still a lie, but we shall move on. <laughs> of Bertrand. Uh, Bertrand leans over and says, oh, oh, uh, no, here familiar titles merely represent uh, respect and age difference, you see. Uh, we are not blood relatives. Ah, he is old and deserves respect. Understood. So if I could, uh, oh, forgive me, Ikemba. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, did you have something to say? I uh, I was quite curious if the water on the moon stopped abruptly or was it tapered over time? Um, an excellent question. The station master seems to be somewhat more uh, more on even footing answering y'all's questions like this. This is a, uh, something sort of of both. It was not uh, all at once immediate. Uh, there was a sort of stepping down of the output here on the surface, but it was fairly rapid. How rapid is fairly rapid? Uh, we went from uh, full production to our current rate of production over the course of uh, three to four days, I believe. Three to four days. And the change in output was significant. You say you have no enemies. You say 
the output slowed from enough to handle the needs of the entire planet. And already, the water drop on your lakes has dropped that much. I mm. fear there's something happening in space, that someone's decided that your water is theirs. And that may be a problem. Otherwise, why would the water stop so abruptly? Uh, do you have astronomers to see the size of the asteroid field that feeds your moon's water? We have gotten uh, very basic readings, and you have hit upon it. Uh, there doesn't seem to have been any change in our sensor's ability to detect uh, the asteroids and meteors, they, as far as we can tell, are as plentiful as they were before, uh, though we have not officially uh, said anything about that yet until we can confirm exactly what's going on. As I said, uh, it is perhaps somewhat uncouth to say, but uh, enemies can be dealt with, uh, natural uh, depletion of an important resource is a much more dangerous situation. Indeed. I fear, though, that while you say an enemy can be dealt with, wouldn't it be more prudent for an enemy to starve you of water briefly, just to show you their strength in order to get you to do whatever they chose? Possibly. Honestly, Bio-Priest, uh, the concept of enemies of the Hathare is so very strange to me and to many of us. Uh, generations have passed here on Hathare with us, uh, peacefully enjoying our existence here and happy to uh, provide food to the sector and to many sectors. Uh, the concept of an enemy who wishes us ill or wishes to control us is difficult to fully comprehend. As someone who understands tactics, it's less about someone with the ability to hold power over others having enemies already. It's more that typically anyone with the capability to do such a thing as you're, you've, as we're discussing here, withholding water from an entire planet, someone with the capability there wouldn't care of enemies, because water, especially for a planet as plentiful and green as this, is required. So, as someone who has thought in tactics. If there were a group that had a thing that I needed and I were unscrupulous about how I could get it, why would I attack them directly when I could attack their source of life? The Grand Minister and her fellow ministers were wise to seek assistance from off-world. Uh, this is a line of uh, thinking that I venture to say very few, if any, Hathoreans would have uh, approached. 
I am grateful that you four are here. Everything that you say, Light uh, Bio-Priest, makes sense as you speak it. Uh, May I assume that your first point of investigation will be the intake of the pipe at the moon? That is interesting, as our mission was not quite investigation as of yet. It was delivering the water, but uh, for that, I will leave that discussion to my captain. I am not in a position to make such an inquiry. Of, of course, I should have known to address the question to your captain to begin with. Uh, captain, what say you? Shall I prepare transport to the moon, uh, to the surface, or would you like to see more of our facilities? I believe that the only captainly decision would be to go to the moon when it is offered. As you wish, we will have a pod prepared for the four of you as quickly as possible. And Minister. I apologize. Um... I apologize. Excuse me, crew. Would you be averse to going to the moon? The Grand Minister turns and gives Bertrand a look like, what did she just say? Um, Not at all. Uh, I go where our crew goes. Invicta? As long as I get to wet my blade with the blood of our enemies, sure. Well, it's the moon, so I'm not sure what the enemies shall be, but please bring your blade in the off chance that we do run into said enemies. I also have a question for the Grand Minister. Um, Grand Minister, is there any sort of um, Hotharayan, um ice moon guide that you have here? Has anyone been up there before? Ah, uh, n- no. Uh, some of us, some of, not us, not, some of the staff of the irrigation station will take pods up to the moon uh, just to do uh, routine sort of uh, maintenance checks, but uh, again, our, our ability with maintaining this equipment is uh, limited and, um, well, the station master here, uh, many think he overreacts uh, in situations, but I have known him for some time, and when he advised caution in sending up uh, more of our staff to the moon until things were uh, investigated and taken care of, I agreed and halted all travel between planet and uh, surface and moon. Thank you, Grand Minister. That'll be all. Excellent. Um, uh, Station Master, prepare the pods for our guests. And the Station Master nods and goes off to prepare you all whatever this pod is to send you to the moon, which is what we will start with next week. But for now, we must bid you all adieu. Hey, thanks so much, everybody, for hanging out for uh, for to the four of you for playing uh, with me this evening and to the rest of you who are in chat, hanging out, watching. Uh, 
given poor B Dave uh, grief in the chat. You all know it's all his fault. Blame me not. Uh, I have had a blast and I hope you all have too. Congratulations to the winner of the uh, blue Yeti X microphone. I missed who it was, but I know it got picked. So congratulations to you. Uh, let us really quickly say once again, thank you so very, very much to Die Hard Dice. Uh, go check out the Musalian Skies Dice set over on their website, dieharddice.com. We want to thank Blue Microphones for providing the cast with upgrades to our sound setups to make sure that we sound great for all of you. Uh, everyone who needs uh, any sort of microphone or sound equipment should go to bluemic.com and check out what they've got. Huge thank you, of course, of course, to Cortex by Fandom uh, for allowing us to work with them to prime our game system by Cortex. And last but not least, thank you to Twitch for uh, giving us the space and the ability to do this show and develop this game. Let's go around quickly because I know we're approaching the end of our time slot. So let's go around uh, and uh, let everyone know who you are, who you played, where we can find you on the internet, what else you got going on, and let's start with our host, Tanya. Hello, I'm Tanya, Surf of Tear. You can usually find me here doing either this. Also, Sundays earlier in the day, I'm the DM for Rivals of Waterdeep. We are in our eighth season, and we are a Watsi partner. You can find us 10 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Central, and then hang out for a couple hours and come here. Uh, normally, I am also DMing Dungeon Crossing, which is teaching people to play D&D, but in Animal Crossing. And uh, we're on a bit of a hiatus due to real life and work and travel. Even in these COVID times, acting doesn't stop for some people. So until Shannon's back on this side of the equator, we're, <laughs> we're on break until December, maybe January. Dragon Age, normally on Thursdays. On break, TBD, we don't know yet. So find me on my own channel, playing everything from RPGs to uh, The Division 2, and uh, on occasion swinging around Manhattan as Miles Morales on the PS5. Find me everywhere, Cypher of Tear, say hi, tell us what you like about Motherlands, let Twitch know you like it, so we can see about maybe getting another season, who knows? Do the thing, make it happen. I love it, yes. Uh, moving on down the line to Christina. Hi, I'm Christina. I play Captain Silent 919. It's been a pleasure hanging out. It's Christine Ariel, K R Y S T I N A A R I E L L E. Find me on the internet and I'll tell you what I'm doing. But you gotta find me first, like a game. It's gonna be so much fun. Everybody have a great week and do stuff and sing with your friends. Bye. Perfect. Perfect. DJ. Hi. I'm DJ Knight, also known as Kimba. Uh, I play space and sci-fi games primarily, so I've been spending a lot of time with Watch Dogs 2 recently because Watch Dogs 2, or uh, my bad, Watch Dogs Legion, because yes. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to be very shortly living the life of Miles Morales because you got to do it. It's not really too much of a choice. Representation is a thing. I like being represented, and I'm here for it. So yeah, that's a thing. Also, mostly space and sci-fi games central time zone everywhere is dj night thanks for your time be awesome also um find me great cheeses and tweet them <laughs> because i like to learn about more cheeses like i know about smoked gouda havarti butter case like if you've got a cheese preferably a boar's head cheese that i don't know about i want to know about it so that i can eat it please and thank you <laughs> yes i love that i love that and last but not least michael Hello, I'm Michael Sinclair II. You can find me at Michael Crits everywhere. Um, what I have going on today is, or recently, or when I see my brain's just mush, 
I'm a STEM student, so you don't see me on the internet currently as much other than on TTRPG ones, because I can't really live stream. I should be studying if I have live stream time. So that's kind of my life until the semester is over. When my semester is over, you can catch me at Michael Critz on Twitch.tv. Uh, so I'll probably be playing some more World of Warcraft because Shadowlands is going to be dropping. So that's going to be exciting. And uh, probably some Magic Gathering, get back into that and some Baldur's Gate. But until then, uh, just pay attention to my Twitter for everything because I'm just either studying or on Twitter, I guess. But I should be studying. So basically what you're saying is every time any of us see a tweet from you, we should reply to it with go study. Sure. Absolutely. Great. It Perfect. does help people with ADHD out. Like I should be studying yeah. and be like, oh, okay. I, I spent oh, okay. like yeah. 30 minutes go. on this. I should not be doing that. You're welcome. I love it. I love it. I love it. And once again, I'm Eugenio. You can find me on Twitter and here on Twitch at DM Jazzy Hands. Uh, I, what do I do? I am the DM and producer of an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast called The Last Refuge. You can find us on Twitter at, at DND Last Refuge. Uh, new episodes every Wednesday. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow night, if you like sci fi and want more of it, uh, you can find me over on Roll20's uh, Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash Roll20 app uh, for season two of Burn Bright, a science fantasy game system uh, developed by Roll20 and James Intracasso. We are doing a season two. The game is GM'd by Celeste Conowich, if you're familiar with her work. Uh, and it's uh, it's me, Nassim from The Venture Maidens, uh, Lisa Penrose, community manager of the DMs Guild, uh, and Gnome from Nomadic, uh, that channel there, uh, and Dark Fortunes Pod and lots of other stuff. So it's a great crew. Come by uh, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific to come see that. Tuesday night, I play a D&D game on Mini Terrain Domain Mains uh, channel that you should check out based on the adventure at Harper's Tale. I stream Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and then I'm here with you on Sundays. And that's it. I will see you all all over the place, but for now, we must bid you all adieu. Thank you so much for being here this week. We super appreciate it. We will see you all next week, same time, same place, Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, here on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Cypher of Tear for episode eight of Into the Motherlands. Until then, thank you so much for being here. Stay safe, stay healthy, please wear a mask, and happy gaming, y'all. Right, and uh, we're gonna go raid Pro Casadia, who's playing oh, thank a you. weird but charming game called Bug Snacks. I can't explain it. Just watch. That's all I it's got. Very Bugsnacks cute, and you'll has enjoy no it. Explanation. Nope. No, none. <laughs> you just gonna if you indulge in such things, you may wish to partake to make it make sense. <laughs> there you go. I that love it. Perfect. So enjoy that. Uh, give him some Motherland's love, and we'll see you next week.